What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Super Fantasy Bros podcast, which is part of the Triple Play Fantasy Network. I am one half of the team, Kevin Coleman. I'm joined on my on the podcast by my co-host Jacob Dunn. Jacob, how are we feeling after two weeks? Uh, are you already tilting? You're quitting? What was going on in your fantasy world? Uh, I'm feeling good, just good. You know, like last week, I think I went six for four. Um, the week the week prior, I went seven and three. So, you know. I'm feeling good, but it could be a lot better. I'm just, I am just holding out hope that some of these players that I drafted, you know, they just get better as the season goes on because some of my players are just starting flat out <clears throat> slow, Kevin. Yeah, no, they, they are. And then I like to also admit that in the Scott Fishbowl, I lost to somebody that started Josh Jacobs. So my <laughs> week, uh, but I that's because I started Burrow and Burrow definitely uh. didn't do me. He got me 0.96 points in the Scott Fishbowl. So uh, yeah, it's been rough. It's been interesting. I think that there's a lot of question marks right now that we still don't yeah. know yet. I think we haven't hit it back to the median yet, right? So um, right. I, I do think that we're going to find out that. But hey, I think it's been it's been interesting. It's a lot of fun, a lot of storylines, a lot of things that are they real, aren't they real? And, and we're going to see a lot of hot takes getting thrown around still. Right, right, absolutely. Like we just got a comment saying, "What's up with George Kittle from Snaps?" I mean. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like something is going on in San Francisco. They're not very predictable, uh, but they are still winning games. So as long as they're winning games, it might be a little bit confusing right now. But that's with a lot of players. A lot of our studs are just starting out slow. So I would just hold out hope that things get better. Things start to normalize as we get further into the season. Yeah, hold out hope. Come on, Kittle. You're killing my leagues, too. But what we're going to go is we're going to break down week two a little bit, but we want really want to jump into week three. We're going to um, go over a new segment with you guys, kind of talk about some sneaky picks that you guys can do, and just kind of give you a, a rundown of your, your fantasy leagues and give us some of our streamers and guys that we have. So let's get it going. Here we go. So we always kind of want to do some reactions. I think that's important. Uh, it's just to kind of talk about, you know, how do we feel about that player as well? And uh, I'm going to go first with, uh, well, we'll start with our guys that stood out to me. And, and for mine, it was a guy that I watched in person, and that was Tony Pollard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went and watched the Dallas game, which is a fantastic game, by the way. If you can get to SoFi Stadium, everybody out there that's listening, that's one of the most, that's the best stadium I've ever been to in my entire life. It is fantastic the way they built it, the amphitheater, the noise, the sound. If the Chargers had more fans, it would have been amazing. Uh, but for all the Cowboy oh. fans there, it definitely, it definitely was good there. Uh, but Tony right. Pollard had a gr- great game. You know, he had 13 attempts, 109 yards, and touchdowns. He had three receptions and 31 yards. He was a running back four in PPR formats on Sunday, and he's a running back 11 overall. And you know what? With Tony Pollard is, and I'm gonna be honest, Jacob. Sometimes on on on, on when you watch the games on TV and stuff, you don't really notice the difference between the guys out there. When you watch it in person, like mm-hmm. Pollard was a lot better than Zeke on Sunday. And you notice that the offense had that extra kind of gear with Pollard on that field. He hit holes faster. And especially Zeke, when you watch Zeke play and where you could see it, you know, Zeke had a lot of open running room, but he just didn't hit the holes fast enough. Like they closed too quick. Pollard was doing all those little things that you'd like to see. He's getting to the outside. He could turn the corner. Uh, I know there's some question marks for me personally about like, can he, can he withstand that? It's good that he's kind of that one-two punch with Zeke. Uh, but he is also 209 pounds, so he's he's a little bigger than what people think. Like I think Pollard's slowly getting into like must start as a flex, depending on how how your leagues are, because I do think he's going to get involved and it, and they're going to use him. And they basically alternated series with Zeke, 
Uh, and I could see that if he scores like he did, like Pollard scored, like I think that could be a legitimate, legitimate thing. So I like what I see for Pollard. Uh, on the flip side with Zeke, I think it's okay. I think Zeke's going to be fine. You have to hope he scores a touchdown like he did on Sunday. Right. Uh, but I don't know. I, I do think there's going to be some committee backfield stuff there going on. So I was a big fan of Pollard. So I saw the exact same thing as you did, even though I only watched it on my TV. That's so cool <laughs> that you were able to go to that game. But I yeah. saw the same thing. Like Pollard just looked so much more explosive, so much more faster. And Dak loved him in the passing game. So, you know, I was going to bring him up as well. I'm glad that you did. Um, I think that you can you can at least stash him if he is available. That's that that is a no-brainer. If he is on your wire, stash him. He can be used as a flex in those negative game scripts. And the Cowboys should yeah. be in a few negative game scripts considering their defense. Now, they played well against the Chargers in LA, but Pollard still got a lot of run you know, even still. So I think, I don't know, Kevin, would you trust Tony Pollard in your flex in week three? Yeah, I, I mean, against the Eagles, I think it could be yeah. a game, like a shootout. Uh, you know, the, the Eagles game is always tough. Monday night, it's there. I think you have to. I think that, well, it depends on the roster, obviously. But, I mean, if, you are, if you're borderline right now, you got some injuries like we've seen, especially at that running back position, and you have a guy like Pollard who – you know, obviously, obviously his first game, when we look at what he did, he only put up eight points uh, in PPR formats, but he did get four targets. So realistically, I think what you're thinking is, okay, maybe he'll get those targets. He'll get those catches. And if he can add to the ground, which I do think they're going to give him a little bit, I think that he's a safe 10 point guy. Now I wouldn't ever bank for more than that. So depending on where your flex is at, if you are okay with 10 points out of your flex yeah. uh, and then with an upside touchdown, if you can get that touchdown, maybe 14, then mm -hmm. I think he's a safe play. But if you want, if you're looking for a higher ceiling, I don't know if you would go right to Pollard right away. That's fair. That's fair. So the guy that stood out for me this week is Cortland Sutton. Now, we have been holding Cortland Sutton back because, you know, he just didn't look right in the preseason. He's still rehabbing from the ACL tear that he suffered last season, but he looked strong this game. And Teddy Bridgewater targeted him 12 times out of the 34 pass attempts that he had. So over a third up third of the pass attempts Sutton got and Sutton turned that into nine catches for 159 yards. Sutton looked strong. Now he did have an excellent matchup versus Jacksonville. You know, we can take it with a little, with a little grain of salt, but Jerry Judy is out and the Broncos need a wide receiver one. And Sutton yeah. does fit that mold as a wide receiver one. He's six foot four, 230 pounds. He looked good. This was like his coming out party because we just weren't sure when he was able to get his legs underneath him. You know, like it's a lot more mental than it is physical. So it seems like Sutton is over that mental, over that mental hill. And he yeah. is ready and he is ready. He is ready to ball out for you. And with the Broncos missing Judy, like I said earlier, he should get a lot of targets moving forward. I think that Sutton can be relied upon as a low end wide receiver too with upside. And he was a value, right? Like when we yeah. were talking about drafting, because people were worried about that ACL. And I like I like their game script. You know, they got the Jets. I think that's a good game for you guys. Yeah. Like I, I do think that you know we're gonna see him go up there. I mean, hey, the Broncos could be three and zero. Jacob, you feeling a little you happy over there? You think you can get that <laughs> W? It it is bittersweet because I've seen who they play 
four weeks after that, and it's yeah. just filled with the Ravens, Browns, and just tough teams. But you always feel good about that three and zero. So yes, I am super excited about. You just that. take the W's when they come, especially in the NFL. But I will say, exactly. you know, Ravens. You know what? I do think you know with their injuries they've had, Marcus Peters as well. Like I do think that he can he can compete there. The Steelers yeah. have not looked amazing. They've looked okay, but they just gave up 100 yards to Henry Ruggs. That's Las true. Vegas as well. I think that's a positive game script in terms of passing and their ability to kind of it, it with Sutton there. So I do. I like that. I like all those moves. Like I think Sutton could be that guy that we say like, hey, yeah. we talk about him though we said he could be a value we just said yep. that knee like hey if you're going to trust the knee go with it and obviously we didn't know judy was going to get hurt but uh yeah. I, I think there is there now let's talk about some players that were disappointed in you know and it's funny i i put this guy down just because uh I, i've never been a big believer in him in terms of like dynasty but i always thought this year he had a pretty it, if it was urban meyer not Urban Meyer on that team. I think he'd be doing fine. But James Robinson, yeah. you know, he was running back 27 on Sunday. He's running back 39 overall right now. He's He had 11 attempts, 47 yards, three receptions, and 17 yards on Sunday Sunday against Denver, obviously. But Denver's defense is legit. Like, so yeah. I do yeah. I do want to say that Denver's defense is one of the, I think, what, what, top eight in the, in, in the NFL right now? Absolutely. Uh, they are, they can play. So I, I do want to take yeah. away from that. But Houston was concerning. You know, they put against Houston, who I think is better than most people think, but he only had 25 yards there. Uh, you know, so in in PPR formats, he is, he's only had eight or nine points. And I think mm-hmm. the targets is there. That offense is struggling right now to create an identity. And I think that's one of the biggest things. I So I, I, I'm nervous about him, but I do think he has a bounce back game against Arizona. Like I think that, especially with what Arizona just let Dalvin cook do to them. So I do think that there's going to be a bounce back there, but you gotta be disappointed. I think a lot of guys have started him as a running back two, I would assume, or running back three, but probably running back two in leagues. Uh, I I get a little nervous there. I know that finally, he finally out snapped or outplayed basically Hyde. They didn't use Hyde in a lot of different ways. And I think it was something like, I believe that he Hyde only got two carries. Um, I think total touches and Robinson had 14 touches. Mm-hmm. You'd like to see that number go up if you're if you're a Robinson guy. Uh, but I think there's some, you know, there's some question marks to that Jaguars offense. They have not looked good. And Urban mm-hmm. Meyer's got to turn that around. I don't know how much you can trust him. I think you have to start him this week because I think he has a positive matchup and I think he has a good outlook against the Cardinals. But if he doesn't do good this week, we could you could be in some trouble. I was going to say the same thing. This is like this is like his final test because in week one against Houston, he was supposed to ball out. He's supposed to be the main guy. But like you said, he got urban mired, you know, like we just don't know how he's going to divvy up his touches. So yes, Arizona in week three is going to be his, like his last straw. If he, if he does not perform, then I mean, he is a cut. Well, he's not really a cut candidate. You know, he's like, he's like a hold, but man, it'll be hard to roster that guy. To be hard. All right, who do you got for your disappointment? All right, I am super disappointed in AJ Brown. You know, he was he was wide receiver sixty two on Sunday, and through the first two for through the first two weeks, he's wide receiver forty eight overall. He got nine targets last week, but only turned that into three catches for forty three yards. Uh, you know, he had a smash spot where top ten wide receiver numbers were almost a given against. Seattle against Russell Wilson like this looked like a barn burner and it was a barn burner but AJ Brown did nothing uh you know like you wanted to look into those stats you know like if you are an AJ Brown fantasy manager and say okay so uh, how many touchdowns did AJ Brown get I mean they scored 33 points 
He got nothing. He got 43 yards. And all of those yards just came on short screens where he had to do most of the work. Like he he churned like 15-yard chunk out of screens. So, you know, he had a bunch of miscues downfield. He also had an awful drop too. That is just uncharacteristic of A.J. Brown, you know, where like he, he beat his defender on a double move and he just flat out dropped it. So he has been a major disappointment through the first two weeks, especially last Sunday. Uh, but I do, I do feel like there is light at the end of the tunnel. I am not panicking if I have AJ Brown. In fact, you know, if you, if you want to put out some feelers and see if you can buy low, I, I would be doing that ASAP because he's still getting the targets. He had eight targets in week one and nine targets in week two. So he has 17 total targets. So he's still getting targeted like a wide receiver one. He just needs to get on the same page as Ryan Tannehill. And, you know, he has, and he has plenty of season to do that. But I think that it happens in week three, something clicks and he becomes who we drafted him to be in that second to third round. So buy low on AJ Brown, if you can. Yeah, I think, and, and that's the the reality of it is, and you hit the nail on the head. It's the targets that I'm not, that's why I'm not worried that way. Right. He's getting the target share. Uh, they're, him and Julio have got to learn how to play, to play with each other. I think that offense is a little, you know, I don't want to say, you know, obviously Henry had a great game and they're going to they're gonna lean on them a little bit. Tannehill's been a little off as well when you watch those games, Chris, and just that mm-hmm. scheme, I know they're learning. So I think it's going to take some time. But like you said, week three should be his thing. I, you yeah. know, with that we're talking about, I mean, week three is a turning point for a lot of these guys. Like this right. is now, I think week three is kind of the week. And I don't want to over-exaggerate that week, but week three is the week that we start determining, okay, what is this season going to be for some of these players? And, I, you know, I wrote a Dynasty a Trade Value article today, but I talked about it. I said, hey, week two really, not when you can really buy low and buy high on people because we're still worried about kind of where they're at. Week three, right. four, five, though, is when people start really tilting and they start getting really concerned about some of the guys on the roster. And you can start flipping guys. And I think I, I think it's a just to point out, week three is an important important week. Absolutely, yeah. And AJ Brown returns home in week three to face the Colts. The Colts aren't as good as they are at home, as you know. So he so that's definitely a beatable defense. And they just let Matt Stafford, you know, like throw the cup all day. So I, so I would definitely trust Brown next week and try to buy low, as I said earlier. Yeah. And like, and like we saw there, I mean, Tannehill is, is looking like Miami Tannehill right now. Fix it, Tannehill. (laughs) Okay. Cause you were a value going into the league. Um, Right. All right. Let's go to waiver wire ads. Let's move, let's shift forward. Let's go into uh, week three waiver wire ads for, for, for everything. And again, I'm more of a dynasty guy. uh, And so like my waiver wire ads are not looking very pros, you know, there's not a lot of waiver out there, but I know in redraft, we have some guys. So we definitely want to mention different dudes here and, and players that we like. Uh, so Jacob, give me one guy that you feel like you should be adding in your in your leagues. So here's my weekly reminder to pick up <laughs> Kenneth Gainwell and stash him at the end of your bench. For the second week in a row, he operated as Philly's number two back over Boston Scott. Boston Scott for the second week in a row didn't receive a single touch. You know, Gainwell, he had eight touches, uh, so he had six carries and three targets. Uh, he didn't do a ton. He rushed for 14 yards and he caught two passes for 18 yards. But as we get further into the season, I expect the Eagles to give him even more work. Um, 
And Miles Sanders isn't lighting the world on fire. He had 55 yards on 13 carries. You know, it's decent. And he had one catch. Like, he is not the preferred pass catching back in Philly. Kenneth Gainwell is. And as they get further into the season and and as Gainwell gets more comfortable in the offense, I think that he's going to be even, even more integrated into this offense. And Philly should find themselves down in a lot of games moving forward. Uh, so I really, I really like Gainwell. I think you guys should find him and stash him, and then reap the benefits later. I do like him as a sneaky star. I didn't add him to our list later, but like you know, the Cowboys, as a Cowboys fan, you know they have Vander Esch and you know Jalen Smith out there, who are terrible linebackers. They struggle in coverage, and they're going to be matched up with these running backs, especially Gainwell. Yeah. And unless, uh, and and I'm pretty sure based on our injuries and, and what we're going, I think Parsons is going to be playing DN a little bit too. So we don't have really any linebacker. I trust guarding any of these running backs outside out of the backfield. So like you could also see kind of a blow up this week from those guys. It's, it's, I can't, I hope it doesn't happen as a Cowboy fan, but for fantasy purposes, they, they really struggle with that, with that linebacker core. So game. Well, yeah. could even be, if you're struggling with injuries, a lot of things going on, uh, you, there is a chance that he's going to get some te- pepper with targets because the Cowboys can't guard right. that position. And you saw it last week with Eckler, they didn't use right. him as much. I did, they're doing the new shift, but it was, it was, it was hard to watch my Cowboys guard people out in space. It, 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 <laughs> it can be challenging. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that call. Kenneth Gainwell as a PPR flex play. I like that Maybe. a lot against the Cowboys. Been on your roster, depending on how hurt you are out there. Uh, one right. of the guys that I, that I'll, I'll, I'll say is James White, man. He's, I think he's reliable. I do think that when you looked at it, I think he's like around 36% owned or 34% roster in, in the leagues out there. Uh, to me, it's about PPR though. So you're not touching James White in any other format but PPR. Agreed. I know he scored a touchdown last week, but that's going to be that's going to be an outlier for me personally. But he has 13 targets already. So mm-hmm. when you're looking at his targets and, and what they're going to be able to do there, I think that's going to be there. Ramondre Stevenson is dealing with kind of an injury, and he's kind of in the doghouse because of the fumble that he had. I could see them using White as Harris's 1A to 1B, and if he gets yeah. those targets, and he's been super efficient. Six targets last week, six catches. Seven targets mm-hmm. week one, six catches. 49 yards, 45 yards. And he and he's done well. And when you're looking at kind of where he's finished at, I think he's a he's the perfect guy to kind of grab. Um, I'm a big fan of James White. Yeah, I love that call. I like, you know, I was I was upset as a Damian Harris fantasy manager when he vultured that <laughs> touchdown, but he looked good. He looked spry, you know, he looked very elusive and even in a positive game script against the jets when they were destroying him he got plenty of work i mean you know he got 11 touches uh so you know you should imagine if the patriots ever get down in a negative game script he's going to get 15 plus touches so i love that call yeah, can we all also stop doing the J.J. Taylor thing? Can we please just as a collective group oh, no. like, stop it. propping J.J. Taylor up? Like, I don't understand that, love. All right, well, give, me a, give me another guy that you think that we should be adding. Okay, another guy. If he was dropped, check your waiver wire, is Darnell Mooney, which is your boy, Kevin, that you have been clamoring yep. for people to buy low on in a dynasty league and to draft as your late-round flyer. If you did that, Please hold on because Andy Dalton is hurt. 
And it's looking like he's going to miss week three, which means that Justin Fields is in. And when Justin Fields took over for Andy Dalton last week, Darnell Mooney led the team in targets and in yards. All right. With Fields at quarterback. So I expect Mooney at least this week because coach Matt Nagy is very stubborn and has already said that it's Dalton's job when, yeah. uh, when he is finally healthy. I think that he almost has to say that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting much weight into that because if Justin Fields just lights the world on fire, there's there, there's no way that they're turning back to Dalton, but you know, he's just covering his bases. Uh, but Fields is going to rely on a Darnell Mooney. And I think that Mooney is a fine wide receiver three play this week in half PPR or PPR formats. I think, um, I think that Mooney is very sneaky and can definitely lead this Chicago team in targets and yards. He might not get a touchdown for you. He could, he has that upside, but if you're looking for catches and yards, I think that Mooney is a great play this week. Yeah, no, I, you know, I'm a big fan of Mooney. It just right. depends on that quarterback situation. And I, and I think that's like where you hit it on. Nagy is a pain in the ass. So all you out there that have to deal with him, because I, I, I really yeah. feel like it's got to be him. I, you know, my, my goal, my, my hope is, is that Fields plays so well this weekend that he's not going to be able to yeah. start Dalton. So like Fields got to go earn that job now because I, I do think there, and, and Hey, for our purposes, we talked about Fields on this show. I think that Fields could be a, a league winner in redraft too. Cause I do think that he has upside. So if you yep. can start or stream Fields and with another quarterback that you have, especially that rushing upside, we could be talking about these two guys leading teams to the championship. But again, Week three, big week for these guys, and they got to right. really step up. Uh, exactly. Now we are gonna. I'm gonna combine this because I realized that one of my s- sneaky start sits is also my waiver wire ad, so I'm just gonna okay. put it in two. But we're gonna have a new segment called Sneaky Start Sits, and this is kind of a little bit different. You know, I think that it's important to get guys outside of like I don't want to say outside the top ten, but guys that we think that you should be starting or sitting based on just matchups and ideas and just kind of our our guys on the outside because you could be having some waiver wire ads right now or you could be having some roster hey who do i start here who do i fit here and we all have those questions well i do too like so don't think i'm perfect uh you know i I may i make plenty of these mistakes so here are some guys like to us that you should maybe consider starting and uh this is also for me a waiver wire ad that's cordero patterson from the atlanta falcons He's only rostered in 13% of leagues. And this guy is just, it feels like Cordero Patterson has been around forever. And he's forever. in ninth NFL season. Uh, but you know what? I think he's finally like a viable fantasy weapon because of the way Arthur Smith is kind of using him. Arthur Smith is maximizing his strengths. He's the number two running back in that team. So yeah. on that team, and I'm, I don't know about you, Jacob, but Mike Davis has not looked good. I, I know he got his targets no. and he got his reception. So he got those cheap little fantasy points, but Mike Davis does not look great. We've all, you and me both stayed away from Mike Davis. Yep. And we talked about that, but Hey, he had, you know, when you looked at what he put it up last, last week and the week before. So against Philly Patterson at 54 yards against Tampa Bay, he had 11 yards only against a tough Tampa Bay defense, but he had a touchdown, but then he also had the targets. He got six targets and 58 yards and a touchdown. He had 23 PPR points last week. Mm -hmm. I don't, again, I don't know if he's going to be putting up that every week, but in that offense, which is not great, I do think that he could literally be that third target guy. You got, you know, you have Pitts, you're going to have Ridley and Ridley hasn't looked amazing. I think they can use Patterson in a bunch of different ways. And it kind of depends on the format you play on. Patterson can be a running back or a wide receiver. It kind of depends 
where you're at. But to me, he's a flex option at this point against the Giants. And I and I think that's a positive matchup for him. I do think that they can come out there. He's got kind of dual eligibility in some leagues. I think he's a fun little guy. And if Davis goes down or something happens to Davis, Patterson's going to step right in. And now right. we're talking about someone who's faster than Davis, more athletic, and can catch. Sign me up for that. Yeah, I mean, we have talked about these guys that we love when the – head coach gives them manufactured touches Cordero Patterson gets touches no matter what he'll either rush or he'll either get targets out of the backfield so I mean like that's that's an extremely safe floor for you like you said he's not going to get two touchdowns every week but he has that upside which which is incredible especially if he has running back and wide receiver dual eligibility Um, he even got a touchdown called back just because he stepped out of bounds just slightly. So, I mean, he, 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 he could have had an even bigger game. Like you said, he's been a lot more effective than Mike Davis. And yeah, he is an excellent ad, but we should definitely temper expectations. Uh, But you know, he needs to be rostered in all leagues for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. I I think that's there. All right. Who is your, um, we'll go through your start and sit. So who's your start for this week at the running back position? My start this week at the running back position that I think can crack the top 24 is Tice on Williams out of Baltimore. All right. Williams had 15 touches last week against Kansas city. He continues to lead that Baltimore backfield despite Freeman and Murray Detroit. As we just saw allowed Aaron Jones to run all over them and put up four touchdowns against them. I expect Tyson Williams to make the most out of his, out of his 12 to 15 touches and sneak into the top 24 this week against just a very young Detroit Lions front seven. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I think, you know, someone's got to run in that offense. It's not Latavius Murray. So it's got to be, they got to use some of these guys in there. They come out for a big win. So I like that. Now, who's your set? And this hurts me a little bit, Jacob. All right. I am sitting Joe Mixon wherever I can, guys. I'm sorry. He, He is traveling to Pittsburgh. All right. And he already showed last week. He showed that his floor is scary low. All right. He got 20 carries for 69 yards last week against Chicago. All right. He only got about seven, seven fantasy points just because even in a PPR, he only got one target and one catch. All right. Volume always makes Mixon a must start, but it doesn't always mean he's going to produce. All right. You know, he travels to Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh is top 10 in rushing yards allowed already this season. All right. I have him outside my top 24 this week and I would I would tread lightly. If I have any other options, I would go that way. But if you're playing DFS, I would stay far away from Mixon. Okay, so the only thing I will say is like the usage is nice. Like, and and I think for me, like 20 attempts in week two, 29 in week one. Uh, he had that touchdown. So I think that's kind of uh, where I would go in terms of there. his targets. I, I would like to see maybe his targets come up. I don't think he's going to see his targets come up. So I would just say that like, you better have a better option, like a legit better option if yeah. you're going to sit him. Uh, but I, I get it. I, I, I'm still a mixing guy though. I, I, I but you know what? He's going to tear up Jacksonville. So after week three, you start, right. Because that, that's, that's how that works there. That's that's kind of how it works there. All right. Exactly. Uh, so let's go to our wide receivers, and we're going to bounce through some of these guys here. Uh, you know, for me, I have a start in this one. It's Rondale Moore. And now, this is with a caveat. So Rondale Moore, he's averaging 14.3 yards after catch per reception. That is 4.8 yards more than any other NFL player this season so far. Wow. That is insane. 
Yeah. But I think the one thing about Rondé Moore you need to understand that he did it only on 28 offensive snaps. So that's less than half of the 61 plays that they did. So right. you you really, with Rondell, it's a high ceiling play because he's got a, you know, you're going to look at his, his yard, yards per reception is great, but he's going to do that on minimum work. Now, that kind of concerns me a little bit. Not so much this week because they're playing Jacksonville. And I think with Jacksonville and yeah. that ability, I think all these Arizona wide receivers are going to feast on this defense. I think that they're going to score a lot of points, especially because, hey, their defense gave up 33 against Minnesota. So they're going to be in that game script where they got to put up points. I did like that he had seven for eight targets. He was efficient. He had 114 yards. We saw a touchdown. He had that long 77-yarder. He's explosive. But, again, you are – I know that you are basically going for that ceiling play – I don't mind him in the flex. Like I will take a shot with him based on just what he's looked. He's looked explosive there. He's better than AJ Green. He's better than Christian Kirk. We know that. But will they give him that? And and we haven't really seen them benefit touches in the in the rushing attack, which I think they can. He did have a fumble, uh, but he did catch a wide open touchdown pass. And I think that he's going to elevate himself over Kirk and those guys because I think he can be more consistent. So for me, I'll start him this week because of his matchup and is a flex ceiling play. Here are my thoughts on Rondell Moore. I think that he is incredible. Um, I think that the Cardinals look for him on like every single time he is on the field. Like you said, he's not even on the field for half of their snaps. But once he's on the field, they look his way. They want to give him the ball and just do what he does best. I mean, he is explosive. Yeah. You take away that broken play where where he had that 77-yard touchdown he got six catches for 36 yards. I think that could be his floor where it's like, you know, probably like seven to eight points in a PPR, which is fine. Uh, But he does have that upside. Like you said, he does have that broken play 77 yard touchdown upside. He could definitely do that because he is explosive. He runs routes well and the Cardinals look for him. So I do like that play, but I do want to say if you have the number one waiver or you have a bunch of money left on your fab, I, I wouldn't be spending up on him. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't use my number one waiver on him. But if you have like a middle waiver or you have like 15 to 20 bucks, I, I would go for him, but I'll let someone else spend like 40, 50, 60 bucks on him because he is going to be a volatile option despite his explosiveness. Yeah, that's you know what? Can I can we go on a side real quick? Because you did you mentioned something, and I I haven't played redraft in a while. So when I do waivers, it's always blind bid, and I feel like blind bid yeah. is what it should be. So yeah. you have blind bid. If those of you that don't know, I know some people don't play in those type of leagues. Hundred dollars, you put as much money as you want on a player. That's what you get for the season. Yeah. I'm in one. My home league decided to do waiver wire priority, uh-huh. which is the worst way possible for like. <laughs> I, I I don't like it. Like, is there an argument for waiver wire priority being a good thing? Um, I do it just because I've, but it's only because I've been doing it for the past 15 years. It's all I know. And okay. my league doesn't like to change. So I do like fab, but I'm just an old school guy like that, Kevin. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't see why we do okay. it anymore. Like just give me a hundred dollars and then let, cause Bob over there in accounting who didn't look at his league forever. And now he gets the number one waiver priority. Sure. 
and then he just picks up the bag. Like, I feel like that's just not the way to do. Sorry. I just, I was frustrated today or they had last week. I was frustrated because um, I, I didn't realize we were out there. I wanted to get Elijah Mitchell and then it was uh-huh. waiver wire priority. And then I was second, even though I won, I don't know how they managed it. And I didn't get it to a guy that I know that he auto drafted his team, but then Lame. he just picked up Elijah Mitchell. And I'm like, that's not fair. Like this is, come on, let's do this. All right. Anyway, sorry. I, I, I went to a side. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you on Rondé Moore. High ceiling play. I wouldn't waste yeah. a ton of money on him yet. I want to see that consistency. So let's go to your start of the week for wide receiver. All right, guys. Let's look at Marquise Brown. All right. He looked great against Kansas City. He he has looked great over the first two weeks. You know, he he was reportedly nursing an ankle injury all last week, but he he appeared fully healthy while securing six catches for 113 yards and a score last Monday night. So, you know, when Marquise or last Sunday night, rather, sorry about that. So Marquise is starting to earn back that nickname, Hollywood Brown. All right. And this week he has a soft matchup against the Detroit lions. And I expect him to do a lot of damage in the first three quarters before the Ravens run the clock out in the fourth. And if the Detroit Lions actually make this a game and they get Hawkinson involved and Swift and, you know, they have shown us that they can hang in games. I mean, they almost beat the 49ers in week one. They they hung tough with the Packers until the second half, but they've been showing well. So if they show well against the Baltimore Ravens, then Marquise Brown is going to have a very busy day and he and he is always thought of as like a wide receiver three or four i think that wide receiver two numbers are a given this week okay and he has that wide receiver one ceiling because he's been having a stellar start to his season uh he has a touchdown in each game i believe he's top 15 on the season so far so i i can definitely see wide receiver wide receiver one numbers but I am banking on him cracking the top 24 this week against the Lions. Yeah, I like Marquise Brown. I've always kind of been on that forefront with him. I think that, you know, the biggest thing is was game script, like you mentioned, and and those type of things. But yeah, that's a good call. I mean, I think if he scores a touchdown for you, he's there. Uh, And and I still believe. I mean, I believe last week I started him over Sterling Shepard, and I thought I shot myself in the foot after watching Sterling Shepard. And luckily he scored that touchdown and looked good and I won. But I, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a Brown guy. I I've never been like openly about it. Cause you'll get ridiculed by everybody, but I, th- I've always thought that he's not a wide receiver one. I just always looked at him as getting drafted as like right. a, as a wide receiver two, like right. just a mid tier wide receiver two. And if you look at him like that, he's a great asset to have on your roster. Agreed. All right, let's go to your sit. All right, guys. Uh, I am sitting Mike Evans everywhere. He has to travel to LA. All right. He he is going to get matched up against the best corner in the league, or at least one of the best in Jalen Ramsey. All right. Jalen Ramsey is known to just wipe away wide receivers, much like a Jair Alexander in Green Bay. All right. He uh Mike Evans, to his credit, had a bounce back game in week two after being held to three catches for 24 yards in week one. He posted 75 yards and two touchdowns versus the Falcons. All right. He was able to take advantage of a very easy matchup. Now he has to travel to LA. Like I said, he's being shadowed by Jalen Ramsey. This is going to be tough sledding for Mike Evans. So for me, he's a wide receiver three option at best. 
Yeah, I don't know what to do with that. Uh, that receiving room, like, I think back, you know, it's going to be one of those things. And with, I think the mm-hmm. underrated part about this is Gronk. Because if yeah. Gronk is going to keep playing like a tight end one, we're literally right. like a top tight end, top three tight end here, that's going to take away from these wide receivers. Like Antonio Brown, look what he did the first week and the second week he disappeared. Like if Gronk yeah. is going to do that week on a weekend basis, we're screwed if we own I, Mike Evans, Godwin. I'm The only guy I own out of this is Evans and Antonio Brown. I don't actually have Godwin, but if yeah. Godwin elevates his play too, someone's on the outside, right? Like at a certain yeah. point, like one of these guys is there. And I think with Evans is you're hoping he scores a touchdown. Right. Like I think that's kind of where it's at. And that's kind of the scary part there. Uh, all right, let's go to tight ends. Let's let's talk about some tight ends here. And I, I took a shot on this one. I wanted to go a little deep. Uh, right. And I went, with my, I went with my guy Dawson Knox. I think he's a good start this week. Uh, you know, he scored a touchdown last week. Buffalo hasn't looked amazing. Uh, the, the Josh Allen hasn't looked great uh, in, right. a, in a couple of games. I know he played Miami. He's 35. You know, they won 35-0, two got mm-hmm. hurt. Uh, but, you know, I, I do think that I like the targets, and he's been efficient. And against Pittsburgh, four targets, four receptions, 41 yards. He had a touchdown last week. I've always thought Dawson Knox was a little underrated. But against the tough Washington team and that tough Washington defense, I think they can use Knox in a lot of different, Knox in a lot of different ways. Uh, and especially with that pass rush, I think he's going to get a lot of little chip releases, and I could see him getting some extra extra yards there. I know Allen likes to push the ball downfield, but I think that the game script and the scheme that they're going to use is actually going to use Knox in a lot of different ways. So mm-hmm. I think that he could be a, a – if you stream your tight ends out there, which right now the tight end landscape sucks. If you don't have yeah. Waller, Kelsey, and Gronkowski and Hawk – Hawkinson. After that, you know, Kittle is a struggle. Mark Andrews has been kind of a struggle this year. Right. There's a lot of like, who do we start here? What are you doing? So give me Knox as like a deep sleeper play. I think that with that touchdown and what he's able to do, I think they're going to get more involved. So give me him this week. I'm going to see what he can do. I like that play. All right. So for my tight end, who I think can sneak sneak into like that tight tight end two range, you know, like the low end tight end one. It's Cole Komet out of Chicago. Now, I know he took a huge step back in week two after getting seven targets in week one. All right. He only saw one target in week two. If field starts, I think that Cole has an excellent chance to put up at at least high-end tight end two numbers because we saw Justin Fields in the preseason. He looked backup tight end Jesse James's way a ton and even connected with with Jesse James on a few long long touchdowns and Fields is Fields needs to rely on a safety net here in his first start in week 3 okay yeah. i already said that Darno Mooney is uh you know you can bank on him being a wide receiver 3 this week i think that you can bank on Cole Komet putting up Decent numbers. Like I can definitely see him grabbing at least five catches for 63 yards with a chance of a touchdown. Uh, I think that's very reasonable and within the realm of possibilities here. Because as I said, Fields needs that safety net. And I think that Cole can provide that. And he's out snapping Jimmy Graham still. So it's Cole Komet's job right now. Yeah, I, I think that big the the, the la- what he did last week kind of scared some people off. But I do like what you're talking about. I, I do think that's there. I just don't know. I, it depends on what Montgomery is, and if we believe in Darnell Mooney and we're in Robinson, where these targets going, especially with Nagy is pretty. Uh, 
he's I don't want to say he doesn't like I don't know he's kind of reserved in his play calling sometimes and he kind of steps back a little bit a little vanilla uh yeah. when it when it comes to this he's very hesitant to kind of throw it out there but yeah that might actually work to Cole Komet's you know favor like you mentioned like I think he right. could get that so yeah again we're taking some shots and some guys that obviously um we're hoping for a positive game script and also where they're going to get involved and get those dump offs absolutely yeah and one guy that I am sitting this week at the tight end position is Logan Thomas. All right. He has to go to Buffalo this week. All right. Logan Thomas had a decent week too, where he caught five passes for 45 yards with, uh, with Heineke. All right. But he has to travel to Buffalo this week where they are top 10 in least amount of fantasy points given up to tight end so far this season. Okay. I don't see, Logan Thomas finishing inside the top 15 and I would definitely and, and I would definitely pivot to a streaming option like Cole Komet or even like a Dawson Knox. I know that it's mm. safe to go with Logan Thomas, but I think that he's going to get one to two catches at the most because Buffalo has been stellar against the tight ends this year and with with you know a inexperienced quarterback like Taylor Heineke he showed some promise, but now he's traveling to Buffalo. I mean, this is going to be a huge test for him. I think he's going to cling on to Terry McLaurin. I don't think that Logan Thomas Thomas is going to get those opportunities that you expect him to. So I would definitely shy away from Logan Thomas this week. Okay. No, I, I agree. I've never been a Logan Thomas guy, uh, but I do, I do agree with that defense and where he's at. So uh, I agree there. So uh, we want to do defense. We're going to add some defenses to our lives today. Cause I do, I realize redraft's different and we want to make sure that we hit everything real quick. Obviously yeah. we'll go a little faster. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a Miami Dolphins guy this week. I think that, you know, obviously they got just, you know, last week I, I'm taking, I'm throwing away last week, especially with what, what happened with two and all that new England. No, they, they played. Okay. They had a sack, two fumble recoveries, uh, you know, the seven, 16 game but the biggest thing for me that hinges on this is they probably don't Raiders might not have Jacobs Josh Jacobs yeah. and, it, and and Carr is injured as well I think Carr will go but if they get some pressure on him maybe they you know they can knock him out of the game or whatever like depending on injuries in that Raider offense I think that we could see the Dolphins come out and actually have a pretty good game so I'm going to go with the Dolphins as a start that's a good call I mean Derek Carr has been has been playing well but yeah. as you said, he is hurt. So that could, that, that could affect him in week three. Um, so my defensive start is the Carolina Panthers. All right. They, they traveled to Houston this week and they face rookie Davis Mills. All right. And Davis Mills did not look good in the preseason and the Panthers have looked great in week one, they scored 10 fantasy points against the Jets. And in week two, they scored 12 fantasy points against the Saints. So, you know, I think this is going to be an excellent, t- like this, this, um, this, this is going to be, um, you know, an, an excellent test for the Panthers in terms of, you know, this should be a slam dunk stream, right? I mean, like they're going against a rookie quarterback. And sometimes when you, when you just say, all right, this defense, this is like a top five defense, lock it in. They always disappoint. They always seem to disappoint. So I think that this is going to be a fantastic, a fantastic test where let's see if they do what they're supposed to do. All right. Let's see if they completely dominate the Texans and just get that momentum for the rest of the season. So I really like the Panthers this week. Um, One defense that I am definitely sitting is the Washington football team. 
like we said, they have to travel to Buffalo. All right. They have to face Josh Allen, whom, like you said, Kevin, Josh Allen didn't look great. So I think that he's going to have something to prove this week. And, you know, Washington football team didn't look great against a mediocre knee, like a mediocre at best New York Giants offense. They did not look great. And Washington was at home. And now they have to travel to Buffalo to face Josh Allen. I'm sitting Washington wherever I can and streaming for sure. And hopefully stream the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I'm staying the hell away from uh, Washington's defense. Yeah. I, that was one of mine, too. I was a big stay away from me uh, as there. So those are our start sits. So I hope, like, and again, these are guys that I feel like outside, sneaky, some of these guys that we can go over and, and talk about that you should be putting in your roster, uh, especially yeah. next week and as we go, uh, we'll be getting a little deeper on this stuff. But I want to go to our Dynasty Panic Meter because – uh, that's what I love. I love talking about it. And, you know, four, I'm going to go through four guys and four guys that, and again, this doesn't mean that I'm really panicked. I'm going to kind of go through, but Brandon Ayuk is someone that I think everybody is talking about, right? Like that's the guy oh, yeah. that we got to know. Obviously, you know, he, okay. In week two, we saw more snaps. Okay. He had one catch, two targets. He logged 54% of offensive snaps and he only had 30% in week one. So I do think the game is coming. So I do think that they're going to use him more. I, I like his use rates, what he's doing there, okay? Yeah. As far as Dynasty goes, do not sell Brandon Ayuk right now. Like, that is the worst thing you can do. I'm holding him, or I'm going to actively try to go buy him. Because yes. regardless, remember, he, you know, Ayuk scored double-digit PPR points last year in eight of his 12 games. He can be a solid wide receiver two option. He's about as low as a price as you're probably going to get. Like, at some point – um, Shanahan talked about it a couple of days ago that he's not in the doghouse. Whether you believe Shanahan or not, I do think that we know how a- injuries can kind of hinder guys, especially hamstrings. Like we know, like I'm old now. I can, I, I, I hurt my back changing my kid's diaper. Like that's kind of <laughs> like, I get it. And you're out, out of there. So, you know, just, just for perspective and trying to think, okay, should I trade for him or should I not? In dynasty PPR leagues, he went up, he went straight up for Elijah Mitchell last week. I wow. get the Elijah Mitchell thing and the running backs, but that's as low as you possibly get for Brandon right. Ayuk. Like that's there. And also I made a trade for Brandon Ayuk. So I, I waited to tell everybody until we got on here. Okay. So um, I traded Mike Evans for Brandon Ayuk and a 2023 first. Excellent. So I got the 2023 first that I like. I like that class a lot. And I got Ayuk on a rebuilding team. It's pretty rebuilding. I'm definitely okay. rebuilding in terms of like my my league. I lost Acres and Dobbins in that league. So like I definitely just said, screw it. I'm just going to kind of rebuild and, and go for it. Nice. Uh, but that's kind of the price. Now, what, like three weeks ago, if you wanted to do that trade, you'd have to add a first probably the other side and, and try to right. – Mike Evans a first for Ayuk. So – I do think right now is a good time to buy him. I understand what we're talking about in terms of like his usage and all that, but it will be all right. Trust me. It's going to be okay. Like I'm a big IU guy. I think he's going to be all right. Um, My next guy is Mark Andrews. Obviously he's been disappointing. Uh, He's also third. I think he's third on his team as targets with Sammy Watkins and Marquise Brown. So that's not good because you always want to see your tight ends. The top tight ends be the second leader Mm -hmm. in targets at least, but we know what he's been able to do. You know, he's in 2020 finishes tight in six, 2019 and finishes tight in five. I think that right now he, you know, he got injured in camp. He had that scary episode. They're trying to figure out that offense, especially with that scheme. Obviously Brown was there. I think that we're going to see him bounce back and have some, some touchdowns. And I think for me, Andrews is a hold if you have him, but a buy, if not, like if you could put in Dallas Goddard plus something to get Andrews right now, I think you do it. 
Um, and there, there's an argument to me said that you could probably trade Kittle and get Andrews plus something right now. And with Kittle's value kind of decreasing a little bit, if you're not big on Kittle, there's still a belief that Kittle's that top guy with Andrews going down. And maybe you can get another asset to pair with him. Like, I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't necessarily do it. But, you know, look for Andrews to bounce back. And one of my hot takes is this week he, he's going to score two touchdowns. Let's so go. I do think that he's going to come back. We'll see if Andrews can do it. Uh, Tyler Lockett for me, hey, man, he's been crushing it. So oh, yeah. Tyler Lockett, you know, I want to preface this by saying I love Tyler Lockett. But he has 12 receptions for 270 yards and three touchdowns. He's averaging 28.9 fantasy points per game. Whew. That's, that's not going to be – sustainable and with dk metcalf coming and metcalf has had the targets and it looks like he's healthy i know he banged his knee but he's there to me this is a sell high for tyler lockett like to me right now is the last time in dynasty that you can sell lockett for a very high price if someone's willing to buy now i don't know Mm -hmm. necessarily if that's going to happen but if if you're rebuilding get a first in either draft i do it if you're contending i might trade lockett for like two pieces then okay give me more balance on my team mm-hmm. than have lockett on there especially that wide receiver position which is so saturated we talk about these guys like they're interchangeable i don't mind giving rid of lockett and, and getting two assets out there and rebuilding that way so like for me those are the guys there i did want to mention davis mills a little bit if you drafted davis mills and are not trading him before thursday <laughs> i don't know what you're doing in dynasty because you can oh, get a man. second Go get a second and go get a second in the 2023 class because the second in the 2023 class is going to be like a late first. Go get a second for Davis Mills in the 2023 class right now because he's not going to be the longstanding option. There's even rumors about Watson, and we know these NFL teams can't handle themselves. If they don't struggle on Thursday, I guarantee you if Tyrod's not coming back, Watson is going to be out there somehow. And I don't know how because as a Cowboy fan, I'm going to be pissed because Zeke got suspended for way worse stuff. Or, I mean, right. way worse than, you know, for what he did. But Davis Mill, you got to get rid of him now. Like, this is your window. It's going to close fast. Hmm. So get rid of him before Thursday. Fantastic, Kevin. I mean, Brandon Ayuk, you know, buy Brandon Ayuk. Buy Mark Andrews or hold. Tyler Lockett, sell if you can. He's 28 years old. I love all this stuff, buddy. Like, I am a student just like all of you guys listening right now. So listen to what Kevin says. He is the dynasty master, all right? If you need to rewind about three minutes, listen <laughs> to everything he said, all right? And take advantage, all right? This knowledge is gold, all right, guys? So take advantage and buy these guys low and sell, hold, do what you got to do. Yeah, I mean, dynasty master. Uh, I don't know about that. There's someone on Twitter, there is someone on Twitter that calls himself that, and I wouldn't call that person a master either. But let's go to your QB yeah. streamers. Let's get into their... Uh, and, and let's talk about kind of who you who you streaming this week. All right. My quarterback streamers for week three. First up, I got Daniel Jones. He is at home against the Atlanta Falcons. All right. He is managed in 23% of sleeper and 20% of Yahoo. Danny Dimes is a fifth ranked quarterback through the first two weeks of the season. All right. Let that sink in. He is averaging 258 passing yards per game to go along with two passing touchdowns and two rushing touchdowns. His high floor comes from his rushing yards last week against a stout Washington defense in Washington. He ran for 95 yards on nine carries and a score. All right. This week he returns home against an Atlanta Falcons defense that is allowing a league worst 40 points per game. 
All right, fire up Danny Dimes as a low-end quarterback one this week. And my second quarterback streamer is your boy, Kevin, Sam Darnold at the Houston right. Texans this Thursday. All right, he's managed in 26% of sleeper and 50% and uh, no, and 15% of Yahoo. All right? He is out there, guys, and he is and he has an excellent matchup against Houston. All right, Darnold made my streamers list in week 1 when he faced the New York Jets and he did not disappoint. All right? He scored 19 plus fantasy points. And even last week, he scored 19 plus fantasy points again. All right. He, he is consistent. All right. And you need consistency. All of you, Ryan Tannehill owners and, you know, all, you know, all of these quarterbacks that aren't panning out for you. I would go for Sam Darnold here. If Danny dimes, isn't available. All right. Sam Darnold is, is averaging 292 passing yards over the first two weeks of the season, along with four total touchdowns. I expect Darnold to throw another 275 to 300 passing yards with two scores as the Panthers beat the Texans handily on Thursday night. Yeah, you know I'm a big Darnold guy. I'm so happy for him and what he's been able to yeah. do so far. I know it's early, but we get, he could be a low-end quarterback one and, and a mid-tier quarterback two now. Yes. And you were getting him. He was going as QB 30 out there, people. Right. QB 30. And, you know, to me, I just think I love what he's been able to do. I think the weapons around him have been good for him. Exactly. And I, what I compared him to was, Dave, I think he could be Carr. So I think he could yeah. be Derek. I think the Carr is a career. Like, that's kind of, I feel like, could be a very solid base for him, have a very solid QB2 career. Mm -hmm. And that's where I, I hope that he does. Like, I like that. I'm out on Daniel Jones, though. You can, you can start Daniel Jones. I don't oh. trust Daniel Jones. I'm not okay. a... Uh, but I agree. We'll see who's right here. I, I get that yeah. the matchup is there. I just right. don't trust Daniel Jones. Like I just uh, as a and as a Cowboy fan, I'm a little biased. I'll be honest. It's all but about the matchup, man. I know. I know it's I about it. the matchup. But oh god, like <laughs> there. I mean that that offense. I will say this. I'm not a Jason Garrett guy, but he had a perfect game plan last week, yeah, and they would have won had Daniel Jones didn't just slightly overthrow Slayton. Uh, right. And you know the biggest thing for me is that Galladay thing. Galladay doesn't create a lot of separation. That's always I been know. the thing. Right. So Daniel Jones, he's always had Stafford that could accurately get him the ball in places that Daniel Jones just can't do with Galladay. Right. So that I think is the struggle that you're going to have with Galladay is that if you can't create that separation, Jones isn't confident enough, I think, to get it into those tight spots. Right. So I do think that we could see him after the Galladay kind of outburst maybe he'll try to risk a couple throws and i think maybe those where those interceptions may come from this week if he tries to do that if he tries to force that but i believe evan ingram's coming back this week right yep. so like yeah. you like i think that could be also a big play there like you mentioned too so right 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 but but are the falcons capable of picking off daniel jones <laughs> like that's where like it's such it's such a I don't know. matchup and you know like saquon barkley he's supposed to be you know he's supposed to have 10 days off. He's supposed to be good to go as like your surefire RB one. So, I mean, like yeah. if he's even a, sh if you know, if Saquon's even like 80% of what he was in his rookie year, I think, I think that's only going to help, help Daniel Jones in, in the passing game, making, making him a very safe play this week. If you're streaming, that's all I'm saying. All right. No, that's fair. I just, I can't agree with everything. I just, I oh, will yeah, see. I I, the matchup is there. We'll see if he lets right. you down. I would not we'll bet see. money on Daniel Jones. That's kind of my life, but I know fantasy is different. 
So we'll, we'll see there. All right, All right, let's go real quick through our locks of the week, guys that we think are going to be there. I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to be wide receiver one this week against Jacksonville. Uh, you know, he, he did see only four targets last week, but he had eight the week before. He had two touchdowns. I, I expect him to have a great game against Jacksonville. So for me, Hopkins is my lock of the week. I love that play. Uh, and for my lock of the week, I got Austin Eckler as a top five RB. Lock it in. Eckler, after not receiving a single target in week one, he received nine targets in week two, catching all of them for 61 yards. As you saw, Kevin, as you were there in person, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, the Chargers are prioritizing getting Eckler the ball, and he will be plenty busy this week traveling to Kansas City to take on Patrick Mahomes and company. All right, so I expect... Eckler's floor to be top 10, but I am locking in a top five performance, projecting eight to 10 catches for 120 plus total yards and a score. Okay. I like that. I think Eckler's look great. I think they're going to get him the ball a little bit more involved. Um, so yeah. I agree. I agree there. All right. Well, hey, I appreciate everybody that tuned in today. This is our 16th episode. So we do appreciate you guys coming All in. Right. And can't believe it's already been 16 episodes. Yeah. And as always, hey, hit us with advice. Find us on uh, Twitter. You can find mine at the boys underscore 22. Jacob's at ain't done yet. So do you take a look there, hit us up there, ask some questions, start sits, all of that. Be sure to check out Jacob. He also has a start sit show uh, with our, with our fearless leader, David Mendelson on Sunday mornings. And they're right. answering all your questions, even non-fantasy related. It's amazing. So take a look there, but I appreciate you guys. Jacob, you got anything else? I just want to say guys, if you are two and oh, do not rest on your laurels. If you're one and one, you're doing just fine. If if you if you are zero and two, guys, there's still plenty of season left. All right, guys, l- one week at a time. Let's go one and two this week. Let's dominate week three together. All right. Hey, just it's all about matchups. Sometimes you're the second highest score and you play the first highest Ooh, score. So brutal. Just you know, those are brutal. But just keep keep chugging along, and we appreciate you guys, and we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>